such good preachers. You know, you got Jacob and Pastor and, and you got Bob and then uh, all these other guys that preach. And then, then I get up here and I feel like, you know, I feel like what Swan T told me this morning. God uses even the ignorant. That's what he told me. <laughs> Thanks, Juan T. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, the other day he preached in Valentine's Day and said that talking about loving and being loveful to everybody. Then the next night at church he told me to drop dead. Can y'all believe that? <laughs> I said, that wasn't very loving. <laughs> All right, 1 John chapter 1. Let's look at this uh, passage here. Let's read through to verse 7. If I don't have AFib, I now have it, so put me on the prayer list. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. If you write in your Bibles, if, before we go any further, up there where it says that which was from the beginning, right by was, not began to be. Was from the beginning, not began to be, but was, all right? Verse 2, and if you notice, it's in parentheses, it's kind of an interruption to verse 1. He says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Amen. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to get up here and to preach. And Lord, I pray that you just help me to remember what I've studied. Help me to have recall of thy word. And I pray, Lord, that the things that I have learned through this study will help someone here tonight. I know if it helped me, it can help them. And so, Lord, help me just to bring across the, the truths of the Word of God. And, Lord, help me not to say anything that you would not have me to say. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you notice, I want to talk about fellowship tonight and why that my, the, kind of the basis of this uh, message is on verse 4. These things write, we write unto you that your joy may be full. You wonder why John wrote that, that your joy may be full. I think it had to do with the early Christians and what they were going through. They had this environment around them of persecution. They were, you know, they were distraught a lot of times. They probably didn't have an opportunity to have a lot of fellowship with other believers at the time. They were dispersed all, all over the place. And, you know, we hear a lot of today about people, young people taking their lives and stuff like that because of all the different, you know, things going on in their lives. And I think that John here is looking at the early church and thinking, hey, they need to have some joy in their life. We weren't saved unto to, to separate ourselves unto, uh, we were saved to fellowship. I had written it down so I wouldn't forget it, and then I forgot what I wrote down. We, uh, but we were saved not unto to separation, but unto fellowship. I, isolation. We were not saved unto isolation, 
but to fellowship. And as human beings and as Christians, our community is right here. Our fellowship, we get a lot out of that fellowship. And when anybody tells you, I can watch it on TV and get just as much out of it, there's people that can't be here. I understand that. I'm not saying that. But people that can be here and tell you, oh, I can watch it on TV, they're missing out on one of the big important parts of being at church is the fellowship of the brethren. Being able to commune with each other and to talk to each other and and to encourage each other. It's so encouraging when I come on Wednesday night or Sunday night And you're here. And you guys are here. Frank's here. Bob's here. Everybody's here. It encourages me. And I know it encourages everybody else. When they look at everybody else, they say, oh, it's encouragement to see them being faithful in God's house. It's a blessing to be able to get here. And I think that's the reason he said, I want your joy to be full. There's so much going on. There's persecution and everything. But when you come here, you can kind of just let your hair down. You know, kind of relax, put your feet up, so to speak, and enjoy yourself and, and listen to the word and go obey relax. I think Wednesday night ought to be the most encouraging service of the week. We ought to be excited to be able to come on Wednesday night. I know sometimes, and I'm the same way, and, you know, Wednesday night comes, you're like, oh, i got to go to church on tonight, you know. We get to go to church, and when we get here, it's encouraging, is it not? Don't you feel better once you leave? You know why sometimes I come on Wednesday night? Not because I want to sometimes, I was telling Pastor the other day, but because it's right. There's a lot of things we do that we don't want to do. Some of us got to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we don't want to be there, but why do we go? Because it's right to be there. We don't want to get fired. Joanne would just kick me to the curb if I didn't show up out there, you know, get started right away like I'm supposed to at 7.30. So we sometimes do things just because it's right, but it's a... I think that's the reason he's writing this here, so that we come and commune together and we have this fellowship. Now, as we get here into this first verse, I want us to see, I'll just give you my outline. It's a fellowship of life, a fellowship of love, and a fellowship of light. A fellowship of life, a fellowship of love, and a fellowship of light. Look with me in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. What, is that not a progression? What's, what, you, you see that you get greater and greater in proof? Think about it. He's saying the things that we've heard, the things that we've seen, and the things that we handle. You, you know, hearing is not as great a proof as seeing, and seeing is not as great as proof as touching. Uh, if you ever watch these little commercials of the little uh, uh, child on the video or YouTube or something, they're getting a puppy for Christmas, and they can hear it in the box, and they, they open it up, and they can see it, and then finally they start touching it and holding it, and they pull it up and say, what, do you, what usually does the kid do? He starts crying. It's emotional. It's it's unbelievable. He's like, oh, man, I I hear it. I know it's in that box, and I can see it now. But then they finally get their hands on it, and it's a a gradation in proof. It gets greater and greater. And John's saying, listen, I've seen the Lord Jesus. I've heard him with my own ears, and now I've handled him. And listen, we can do the same way, same thing through faith. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we can see him, we can hear him, we can see him with our eyes, and we can touch him by faith, just like John did. But look at this, that he's kind of graduating in here. It's a, it's a fellowship of life. It's a life which is it's from the, he goes back into the past. Look, that which was from the beginning. 
And then it goes to the future in verse 2, that which is eternal. If you want to look back into the past, think about it. I think I was talking to Pastor about this morning, uh, verse 3, where he talks about you. There's some commentaries say that's talking about the, the pagans. It's talking about the cultists, the Gnostics. And, but other commentaries talk about it as a believer. But what Pastor said made sense to me. It's kind of talking about both. Because he's trying to talk to believers about knowing the Lord. But I think some of this, in verse 1 here, he's trying to tell those people that don't believe that the Lord Jesus was actually God in the flesh, that he... That, you know, that he was trying to convince them and tell them he was. He was from the very beginning. And let me tell you, you want to know how you find out what a real cultist is? You find out what they teach about Jesus Christ. You take about the Jehovah's Witnesses, they do not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. They believe he's God, but not in the flesh. Are they saved? No. You can, whatever you believe about Christ tells you if you're saved or not. You take Mormons, they don't believe that Jesus is, uh, is the uh, uh, son of God. They believe he's the brother of Satan. So that tells you they're a cult. And this is what he's telling, I think John's trying to get across. Look, he's trying to tell the unbeliever and he's trying to explain to the believer that Jesus has always been and he is God in the flesh. I looked back in Proverbs. Look with me at chapter 8 of Proverbs. See if I can find it here. Proverbs chapter 8. And look at uh, verse 26. While as yet he... He had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree, and the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him. That means he was constantly with him. As by him, as one brought up with him, he was his peer, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the inhabitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. He was there constantly with him from the very beginning. There was no beginning. He's always been. I found another verse that was really interesting in John. Uh, John chapter, uh, I wrote it down, now I'm going to forget it where it was, but... Uh, John 13, let me see. Yeah, John 13, verse 34 and 35. And that's not it. Excuse me. Well, it's just, it's going on. It's John, uh, oh, I had John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you notice in your Bible there, look at that bottom part of verse 1 where he says, of the word of life. Look at the word of life. It's capitalized. And I got to study in that. If you look at it, the verb up there, heard, it's uh, heard, and it's only, it only significant with any other part of the scripture. It's the only relevant part, the uh, verb here, is it's, it goes with of the word of life or concerning the word of life. And the word of life is capitalized. Word is capitalized. We know he's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's all about Christ. When we talk about a fellowship of life, whose life are we talking about when we talk about fellowship? We fellowship around Jesus Christ. 
When we come here, we come for one purpose, to celebrate the Lord Jesus and what he did on Calvary's cross for us, do we not? That is the thing that joins us all together is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the fellowship of life, we're talking about him. You think about it. Look in verse 2. He says, For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. Eternal life. It's a historical life. At some point in history, the time of history, this eternal life, we talk about all this preexistent, but at some point, Jesus had to come down to earth. Or it would have never happened. He, this pre-existing Lord God came down to earth. It was a historical life. I think it was interesting if you read what John says here. He says there, for the life was manifest. That means it was brought to light. Um, and we have seen it and bear witness of it and show unto you that eternal life. Which, and he says, show unto you that eternal life. If you look at the word witness, do you know what a witness is? Does anybody know what a witness is? Somebody, if you know, tell me. Somebody know, tells what he knows. A witness is a two-sided being. One side sees, the other side shows. Think about it. If in court, you witness something, you saw it, and then you go tell, you show it. And John's saying that they're witnesses. They have seen it, and now they're telling it. Oliver Cromwell, when he was over the British Empire, he had a, they had a shortage of silver to make the coins. So he sent some of his people out to look. Lord Cromwell sent them out to look for uh, precious metals. And they came back and, and they went to the cathedrals and they looked all around and said, uh, Lord Cromwell, all we can find is silver sa saints, saints, statues of saints standing in the corners. He said, bring back the statues, melt them down and circulate them. Bring back the saints and melt them down and circulate them. Get out there and circulate the saints. So I thought that was good for the witness there. So he, he said he was a witness. He said, show unto that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto you. You know, think about it. We've, we've heard a lot. We've seen a lot. We know, we've felt a lot by knowing the Lord is our Savior. We know about his life. We need to be a witness. We need to get out there and circulate. Um, this passage is so full of stuff. I, I, I'm back, I forgot to mention in verse 1 here where he says, seen with our eyes in which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. And I kind of, you know, so I was looking at that seen with our eyes and looked upon. What's the difference? One is kind of to see it. The other is kind of to admire it, to focus upon it, to look upon it was focused. One guy said, it's kind of like salvation when you see it and sanctification when you gaze upon it. You know, as we get in the Word of God and we focus on it, we start growing in our Christian walk. And that's what he was saying. You know, you just when you first get saved, you just want to eat it up. And you start focusing and you get in the Word of God and you start getting, you grow in your Christian walk. You start being more and more sanctified. And that, that's just an interesting part of that passage. But think about the fellowship of life, the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We fellowship around Him and so I think the second part here is he says, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. You know, I sometimes wonder if people even realize what, if they really know what fellowship is. Think about it. I'm talking about a fellowship of love. And who do we love? We love our family, but do we love the Lord? A fellowship of love. And I kind of wonder sometimes if some people have the wrong idea about fellowship, what, they, what it means. 
It's like the guy that uh, his wife, and they just had a new baby, and he, his wife needs to go to the store, and she wants to have some alone time, you know. She wants to leave the child at home with him. So she gives him all the instructions. She writes down all the numbers. She tells him where she'll be. She gives him the doctor's number and all that. And so he ta- he's taking care of the child, but the child won't stop crying, cries the whole time his wife's gone, and he finally just has enough. He thinks there's something wrong with the child, so he rushes the child to the doctor. And the doctor checks all his vital signs and everything, and he calls the father, and he said, did you check the diaper? He said, yeah, but it said up to 10 pounds. I wonder sometimes if we really have the right idea of the fellowship of love. Where, we, where are we with that? As far as, look what he says. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. And that's where I got that idea about that's us, that's believers. He's saying, look, I'm declaring this unto you. I've seen it, I've heard it, and now I've felt it. I want you to know it. that unto you, that you that also may have fellowship with us. Think about that. Fellowship with us. Remember when the church started? Turn with me in Acts chapter uh, 2. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2. Look in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And in fellowship, I thought that was interesting. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. And every man had, every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord. They continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. What did you see in that passage there? I see a group of people that got together that loved each other. I see people that were willing to to have the same mind and same focus as everybody in the group. They knew they were there for one uh, common cause. That was so that people could hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they got along. They loved each other. You remember how fast the early church was growing? Why? Because everybody loved each other. These unbelievers, these people saw them. They said, I can't believe how they love each other. And they got so much accomplished. I wonder how much we could get accomplished in the church today if there wasn't so much murmuring and bicking and backbiting and this and that about this person and that about that person. And, you know, that kind of stuff going on all over. I'm not saying there's anything of that here. I'm sure there's a little bit here and there we see that going on in church. But how much of that is in the church at large that just prevents the gospel for being spread. They loved each other. They, they, you know, they wanted to see people come to know the Lord. They, they had a common cause to go out. And look in John chapter 13. That's where I missed, got to the wrong place. In John chapter 13, look at verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, 
that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one toward another. They will know. The unsaved world will see it. If they look at us and they see a, a common cause, they see a, 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 one, a church that has the same, bond, the same uh, direction and they're going in the same place, they'll start looking and taking heed to what we're saying. They see that we're in one accord. It makes a difference because we love each other, because we, we want to be there for, for each other. And, it, you know, it's that fellowship of love. that it, It's um, the human fellowship. But I think, you know, Romans 5, 5 kind of sums it up better than anything. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. If we focus on that, think about what we can get accomplished. How much more we can do, you know? Um, look with me now as he gets into the latter part of that verse. He says, fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I wrote in my Bible, and truly our fellowship is, not was. It is with the Father and with the Son. If you notice the repetition of the word with, it distinguishes the persons with Jesus and with God the Father. It distinguishes them. It separates. But the fellowship and communion with both of them shows their unity together. And it doesn't say, and with the Holy Ghost, because we fellowship, our fellowship is of the Holy Ghost, not with the Holy Ghost. And so he's saying here that God and the Father and the Holy Ghost are all one, but it's the Holy Ghost, it's the Spirit of God the Father and of the Son. And that's how we fellowship with God the Father and the communion that he brings. Think about it. It was because of what Jesus Christ Christ did on Calvary, that God was able to, to close the chasm, the, the gap there, so that we could fellowship and have communion with him because of what his son did. And he's saying, look, I want you to have that fellowship and that joy with my son. And the way he, by the Lord dying on Calvary, we have that. We can have fellowship. We can have communion. I wonder how many of us take advantage of it. You know, you get all these stuffs about the PP loans, and now there's all this stuff. That, uh, now there's some new stuff going around about how you can get some more government aid for your businesses and how you can do this. And, you know, some people really take advantage of that because it's out there and you can get it. You know what? We have the word of God right here that tells us how we can have the fellowship of love with the Lord Jesus. He tells us, he says, I want you to fellowship with me, and he has it right here. How many of us take advantage of that? How many of us are going to get all we can get while we can get it? My wife was telling me about some new thing with the, the, the governmental loans that you get the handing out. I said, oh, let's get all we can get while we can get it because it's going to go away soon. There ain't going to be anything left, you know? And we can get all we want right here from the Word of God. We just need to get in there. We need to get in there and spend some time in fellowship with the Lord. It's a fellowship of love, a fellowship of divine fellowship with Him. And so I think the last thing we see here, it's a fellowship of light. You know, there's nothing more precious than light. You know, have you ever thought about you come in this door and you turn the lights on and we take for granted, boy, there's going to be light in here and you can see. And Pastor was talking about light, how it travels this morning, how fast it is. I remember as a young fellow, we went, went hunting. My dad took us hunting in Arizona and we, were, we would climb into these, we'd walk through the mountains. We were all by ourselves. 
Now, and we'd get, you know, going on these big mountains, we'd go up these valleys, and so you could see the other side of the peak of the mountain, like next to you, and there was a valley in between you. And it'd be pitch black. You couldn't see anything. And dad would be on the other side over there, and Chuck would be somewhere, and I'd be over here. And my dad had this bright idea of getting these radios from the base, you know. And he'd get on the radio, and he'd be going, Gary, did you hear about Bigfoot? Is he out there? Have you seen Bigfoot this morning? You know, I was only 35. I mean, I mean, I was just a kid. I mean, I was scared to death. I'm like, Dad, I'm already scared to death. Don't start talking about that. <laughs> you know, he's on there with me. But I'll tell you what, when that light started coming, that sun started coming up and I could start seeing the bushes, the trees around me, I was so much happier. He couldn't scare me anymore with that radio anymore. I was like, you know, I was in like ninth or 10th grade. And, you know, just being out there by myself made me nervous. But when he got light, no, I was okay now. I had a 30-30 with me. Yeah, come on, bring it on. You know, I was fine. But the light, precious light, and we see here the fellowship of light. Look at that in verse uh, 5. Verse 5, he says, uh, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You know, you think about it. We've got to be. Uh, we've got to be in line. We've got to be in the right company to walk with God. What does Amos three three say? How can two walk together unless they be agreed? If you want to have fellowship with God, you got to be walking right. You got to be in fellowship with Him. You got to be make sure your life's clean. You can't be walking in the darkness. Now we get some Christians that are walking in darkness, but that doesn't mean they're thrown out of the family. They might be, be clouded for a little while and be, you know, uh, being disciplined a little bit because they don't feel like it. But they get back in the family. They're walking in darkness. And that happens to a lot of us. You know, whenever there's a problem and you're, you're not you're having a ruffle at the house or something, there might be some, you know, quiet nights. You, you know, get to watch talking going on. There's, you know, my, I heard a comedian say the other day, women are just born know how to give you the silent treatment. I don't, he was really funny. This guy, I don't know if y'all have heard of him. I can't think of his name, but he's a good Christian guy. And he's hilarious. But he said they, they just learned the silent treatment from the time they're born. And uh, I've seen that. I mean, it's, it's really. Un- <laughs> I'm going to probably get it tonight when I get on the silent treatment. <laughs> but, you know, um, but when, when there's. There's some problem between a spouse. Things probably get quieter, don't they? The fellowship isn't as keen. It's not as good. The, you know, the goodbyes in the morning are a little bit shorter. The, uh, you know, when you get home, it's like, yeah, he's home or she's home. Why? Because there's some darkness that crept in there. It's the same way in our Christian walk. Whenever we let darkness creep in, what happens? Our fellowship with the Lord hurts. You know what else hurts? Our fellowship with the brethren hurts. Because when you get away from the Lord and you're walking in darkness, the last thing you want to do is walk with a bunch of Christians that are walking in the light and they're just happy as they can be and, you know, praising the Lord. And you're like, man, I wish I could be like that. I'm just, you know, I'm over here in the dark. And he said, you know, he's telling us who this verse six 
If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Because we can't say that we have fellowship with him if we're walking in darkness. And we got people all over the place and it's kind of the Hollywood kind of lifestyle and spirituality that you can live in sin all you want and claim you know the Lord is your Savior. I'm so sick and tired of the Hollywood telling us they know the Lord and they want to serve him, but they're living in adultery. I mean, you know, just... There's no problem with living with, you know, somebody. How, do, how does that go together? I had a lady one day that cuts my hair. She knows the Lord and she's telling me about her daughter and she was complaining about getting the vaccine. And she was saying, I'm writing a religious exemption. She says, because I'm a Christian and I, I don't believe that I should put anything in my body. That, and there's no, no exemption in the Bible, guys, for getting the vaccine. I'm telling you, now, you might feel like you don't need it and I go along with you, but there's not a biblical exemption. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. But there's no biblical proof that you don't need a shot. And she's writing this letter and she's, her mom's telling me about it. And she's going on and I said to her, I said, what kind of religious convictions she have about living out in sin with her boyfriend? She said, well, I know, Gary, but that's not right. I said, well, how is she going to write some letter saying that she didn't want to get the vaccine by she saved because she's a Christian, but she can go live in sin and darkness and not have any worries about it. We kind of pick and choose what sins we want to you know, live in. And we all have them. I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I know I got a bunch of them. But, you know, we need to walk in the light and make sure that, you know, God gets the glory there. And he says there in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Turn over with him to the chapter 2. Look at chapter 2 here. And verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now remember, his commandments is the Bible, is the word. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Look at the progression here. In verse 3 he says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his, keep his commandments. Know him means what? Have knowledge of his word. If we have knowledge of his word, the more we have knowledge of his word, the more we... Love him. Now look what he goes. It's a progression. And in verse 4 he says, He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. Just what I was talking about a second ago. Is a liar and the truth is not him. Verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. How do we perfect the word of God? By keeping his word. By loving him, knowing, knowledge, having knowledge of him and growing in, uh, in, in him. Look what he says there in verse 5. He says, But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. We are in him. Hereby, by our obedience, we know we are in him. We have fellowship with him. The more we get knowledge of God, the more we love him because we know him more and more and we have more knowledge and the more we fellowship with him. And the only way we can do that is by walking in the light. We can't walk in darkness. You know, if you look over with me to Ephesians chapter uh, 5, look at that just real quick in Ephesians chapter 5. Look at verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 5. 
Now we're talking about fellowship of light. This is light. Look what he says in verse 13. But all things that are reproved, what does reprove mean? To rebuke, right? Reprove. He says, all things that are reproved are made manifest. They are brought out in the open. We can see it now by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Now, who, who does the reproving? Look in verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, censor them, rebuke them. Those that are walking in the light are to reprove the darkness. They're to rebuke the darkness. And we're not to walk in it. Look, why? Because look at verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Ye were sometime darkness. When you were lost and in the world, you were in darkness, but you got saved. Now you're in the glorious light. Let's not forget it. Let's not dabble in the darkness and convince ourselves that it's light when it's dark. We know when the darkness is there. We just got to confess it and get it right and get, you know, get back in the light. That's easy enough to do. You know, if your battery goes dead on your flashlight, what do you do? You charge it so you have light again. And it's the same thing he's saying here that we need to rebuke that darkness. We need to be, walk in the light. I was, this doesn't really have anything to do with the scripture that I'm doing. But in verse 1, he says, Be ye therefore followers of God, dear children, and walk in love. As Christ also have loved us and have given himself for an offering and a sacrifice. Sacrifice is his death upon the cross to God who said it was a sweet savior, meaning it was well pleasing to him. And I just wonder how many of us tonight can say (coughs) our walk is well pleasing. It gives God a sweet savior in him. He's pleased with our walk. He looks down and he says, I'm happy that you're walking the way you're walking. You're in the light. Thank goodness he's in the light. Sometimes we get in the darkness, I know. And I, you know, we just have to make sure that we get back in the light. And back in First uh, John, he says, but, be ye wa- but if ye walk in the light as ye, he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, I take this two ways. Yes, I think it's we have fellowship one with another, with each one of us. We all fellowship together, do we not? But I think it also is talking about we have fellowship with God. If you're walking in the light, then you're having fellowship. What's sweeter than that? You know, when you've ever had a fight with your spouse, and I know none of you young couples in here that have been married ever have fights with your spouse, but boy, what's better than when you get it right? Just admit it, you were wrong, guys, and you'll be a lot happier. I'm just telling you, just go ahead and just say you're wrong. You know, get a whole bag of that, those how sorry I am, and just pass them out. You know, just pass them out. No, but when you get things right with God, you're just like, wow, praise God. When you get things right with your family, you're, you're happy as you can be. And so when we do that, we just, but we get, you know, same thing with people. We get out of sorts with people sometimes. You got to go to them and say, hey, I was wrong. I, did, I messed up. I think I told this before, but one time one of my best friends that I've had to help me get started in my business uh, thought I said something that I didn't say. I don't know. It was something about his son. And he didn't, we didn't speak for six months. Every time I'd think, i got to call Roddy and tell him about this. And I'd I said, oh, he's not talking to me. Or, and, he, and, you know, and so for six months this went on, I didn't talk to him. Finally, I just got tired of it. 
And he's a much older man than I am. And I just said, I'm going to see him. And so I walked to his back door. I knocked on his door. He came out the door and he just hugged my neck. (laughs) And I told him, I said, look, whatever I said, please forgive me. I don't know what it was. And it was more of a misunderstanding than anything. But I just asked him to forgive me and I got it right. And man, you want to talk about fellowship. It was great. And since then, you know, we've been back to breakfast again. I can call him. He'll call me. But, you know, you just got to get out there and ask for forgiveness and get it covered. What the fellowship is back. The only thing I want to say as we close is look what he says in verse three, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye, uh, excuse me, uh, that ye may also have fellowship with us. And in verse five, he says, then this message, which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You know, the Bible says in, in Luke eleven thirty six, there's no part dark. In John 14, 30, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. There's no darkness in the Lord. There's no darkness in God. There's no sin in him. There's no darkness at all. It's like the, the uh, fellow that used to take care of the lighthouse. And, you know, the lighthouse back then was to keep the ships from running ashore on the rocks. And one night they had a storm and one of his glass panels broke out and he had no glass. So he went up there and he put a piece of tin on that one panel. And that night the storm came in and a ship went upon the grounds and many people lost their lives. The ship was destroyed. Why? The light was still shining. But there was one part dark. There was one part that they couldn't see and there was lives that was lost because of that one part that was dark. Think about it. Is there one part in our life that's dark that would prevent somebody from not getting saved? Is there a bad habit that we have that we need to get rid of? Just one part in our lives. Is it a temper? Is it a temper that we hold, that we we lose our temper too easy? Is it one part dark, the, the words that we say? Is it one part dark, some of the, you know, the music that we listen to that maybe we shouldn't listen to? Maybe the things that we, you know, we go some places we shouldn't go. Is there one part dark? Because if it is, you know, we're to be illuminaries. We're to be a light. And if there's a dark part, if there's something somebody can put their finger on, they might not get saved and they might be shipwrecked for all eternity. He says here, this we declare unto you. He's saying, listen, you declare it unto the lost. You know, a doctor takes a Hippocratic oath and his Hippocratic oath basically is he says he'll do no harm, but that he'll share everything that he has learned and everything that helps improve the medicine, he'll share it. Because if he doesn't do that, he's a quack. Let's not be quack Christians. Let's be Christians that don't have dark spots in our life and that people can look at us and say that so they don't get saved. Lord, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for the Lord Jesus And Lord, I pray that this might help somebody just to grow closer to you. I know it's helped me in my study of it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.